You can't handle the truth. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> You're gonna need a bigger boat. Get away from her, you bitch! The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. To infinity and beyond! Hey, motherfucker. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Samuel and Manuel movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I am Manny, the can't do anything <laughs> technically well, Manuel. Yeah, it's fucking amateur hour over here, isn't it? Holy Riz. fuck. Thank God, thank God nobody heard uh, what was going on before we actually hit record here. Wow. And I or rather, e- after we hit record and before we figured out what the fuck was happening. <laughs> and I couldn't even get a good nickname for myself down. This is going to be yeah. a rough night. Rough night. <sighs> so, so again, a shame we don't have an editor because we probably would just skip past all this and just go right to the meat. But uh, instead, we're babbling uh, as we tend to. <laughs> so true. So and you know, you know true. what else? You know what else we didn't do? Uh, last week, we realized right after we hit stop, we didn't even tell people what we were going to be talking about this week. That's right. <laughs> Oh my god, we take a couple weeks off and we're just a bunch of fucking amateurs again. So, I'm sure people have figured that out by the title of this podcast, but before we go talking about that, uh, uh, where can the people find us on social media? Ah, uh, they can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. They can find us on Facebook at the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. Uh, I'd love it if they would look us up on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a positive review as that will help our profile and give us a few more listeners to our lovely little podcast. You can also find us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I should probably get on it and maybe add us to a couple other podcast distributors as well. Yeah, we'll get there. Eventually. Not too worried about we it. O- we only have 72 episodes banked. That's so <laughs> true. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, the were we going to talk about the Halloween stuff as well? Yeah. For our Halloween episode coming up in about, what are we looking at, six, seven weeks? We are doing a fan request episode, so if anybody out there wants to nominate a film, we're going to take uh, a few nominations, and then once we get a nice collection of nominations, Sam and I are going to peruse through them and, and uh, narrow it down to the ones that we feel will make the best episode. Yes, Sam, you're about to say something. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, as of recording, you've just posted the link. We've already gotten a, a ton of nominations as well. Some will be getting the veto, as I understand it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't even know if they listen, but uh, Abby and Tiffany, you guys can go fuck yourself with that <laughs> nomination. Uh, if any listeners want to know what that what they nominated, uh, you can contact me on Instagram and Twitter, and I'll tell you. I'm sure Abby and Tiffany appreciate the, the yeah, shout-out. I, I, I don't know if they listen or not, but we'll, I'll find out because I'm throwing them under the fucking bus. Their nomination, 100% vetoed. The other four nominations we've already gotten, uh, we are definitely considering. Even though one I don't really want to consider, but I will. Uh, Excellent. So, <clears throat> that being said, we are doing a fan request episode for our Halloween episode. Once we reach a certain amount of nominations, like I said, Sam and I will peruse through them. Uh, and then we'll put up a post probably on all of our social media. And you guys can vote once we – I think we what have we set the final date for voting at. I think we said the – 16th or something of October I can't quite remember uh, 
I think I have it written down Sam somewhere. might be able to find for me. Either way, we'll be closing down the voting, which will give us a couple weeks to watch the movie, do our notes, prep for it, wipe the poo out of my underwear from being so scared because I'm going <laughs> to shit myself, and then we will discuss that film on our Halloween episode. Many people are eating while they listen to this podcast. Oh, are they? I actually don't know. I, I don't know if that's true. Probably I have not, no but. idea. Uh, anyways, so that's what we're doing for a Halloween episode. Um, yeah, I'm kind of excited, but also kind of nervous. Uh, I, I did see one of the uh, episodes nominated uh, I know is uh, widely considered super fucking scary, so I'm uh, not excited. I hope that one doesn't win. Yeah, Manny and I are both huge pussies, as long-time listeners will know. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> request – request uh, or be gentle with your requests, I guess, <laughs> which in me asking will just cause people to go even scarier with Probably. them. Probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's our Halloween episode. Now – before we get into the next stuff, uh, Sam, what have uh, what have you been watching recently besides our homework assignment? So yeah, homework assignment obviously priority number one. But uh, there's a movie that I've been wanting to rewatch for a long time that I finally got back around to. That's the 2015 movie The Lobster. Uh, this is a movie that completely uh, was was under the radar for a lot of people. Only uh, made about eighteen million dollars at the box office on a budget of four. Uh, it's directed by I'm gonna probably butcher his name, but it's Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, uh, he directed, co-wrote, co-produced. Uh, this this movie was his baby. Uh, people will know him as the guy, uh, the, the mastermind behind uh, last year's movie, The Favorite, which is also quite good. Yeah. Um, he also did uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I haven't seen, but is definitely on the list. Um, anyway, I don't even really want to explain what the lobster is. I want to see if IMDb maybe has, uh, <clears throat> maybe has a, a non-spoilery synopsis. I was going to say, um, I'm like, I'd love I, to hear what, how they explain this movie. Y- you have, you have seen it, right? No. Oh, you haven't. Okay. No. I'm debate. You know what? I I don't even want to tell people what it is about. It's called The Lobster. It stars Co- Colin Farrell. It's a really really funny movie, but it's also batshit crazy. Uh, the reason yeah. I wanted to re the reason I wanted to rewatch it is because I remember upon it ending the first time I watched it, I was kind of just left speechless. Like I didn't come away from it thinking, "Wow, what a great movie," and I didn't come away from it thinking, uh, "What a terrible movie." I was just kind of baffled that what i had just watched existed in the world you know Mm -hmm. it's just such a crazy concept for a movie um so i would encourage people as i often like to do go into this movie as blind as you can again this is it's a it's kind of like a black comedy i guess but it's also just super messed up the dialogue is really weird and unnatural it's sort of like a dystopian sort of setting but not really it's really really weird um but i would encourage everyone to go into this movie and just See what you think, because it is one of the uh, most unique ideas for a movie that I've ever seen, and also one of the most fucked up endings to a movie I've ever seen in my life. Upon rewatch, I liked it even more, um, especially knowing the ending this time. Yeah, it's it's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. It's currently sitting at an 82 Metascore, which uh, is quite respectable. Wow. Um, and uh, I don't have this in front of me, but as far as I know, it's only Oscar nomination was for Best Original Screenplay, which it lost. Definitely so, lost. Yeah. Uh, so that that's that's the lobster. That's what I've been watching. Interesting. Yeah. So you you don't know anything about this movie, hey? I know the plot. Oh, you know the plot. I know okay. I know what the movie's about. Okay. It's just I, that. I, I, 
I promise you, even if you know what the movie's about, you don't really know what the movie's about. Like, the the initial conflict proves to not be um, super important towards the end, I guess. Let's say that much. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's The Lobster. Um, Manny, I understand you've been watching something uh, maybe moderately more well-known, but uh, but not quite. Why don't, why don't you tell me about this uh, independent film you've just watched? Yeah, this this independent film was released by this uh, little-known company called Disney. Um, I think I pronounced that right. I think it's. I think uh, it might be Disney. I'm not I, sure. It could be Disney. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. I will have to check my pronunciation on it. Uh, I rewatched the uh, 2019 uh, extravaganza, uh, very uh, homemade, shot in someone's backyard film, uh, Avengers Endgame. Never heard of it. I I don't think anybody's heard of this film, and yeah. so let me dive into it. it. Won't take me long to get and get everybody caught up on this little movie. Uh, no, obviously it's uh, well, it's the highest grossing film of all time now. Uh, side note: not adjusted for inflation. And uh, I'd owned it for a while. I have it on uh, humble brag 4K, and decided I want to rewatch this exquisite movie and it still holds up and this would be my fourth time watching it fifth time watching it and i still bawled my eyes out completely and utterly bawled my eyes out and i it made me want to i've mentioned to you before that i wanted to revisit the entire mcu catalog uh, I think I'm going to commit to that. I think I'm going to sit down and rewatch all 22 films in order. I've uh, I've I've yet to even see a, a couple of the lesser known Avengers movies, so maybe I should uh, maybe I should be doing that as well. We <laughs> we will not be able to do this with the new format you and I have been discussing. No, I think twenty two is going to be a, a little a few too many episodes for us to do. That's like half a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by the way, it, by the way, if somebody wants to hear our initial thoughts on Avengers Endgame, uh, they can go back and listen to the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast episode fifty five. That wow. seems like that's a long time ago, actually. I did not expect it to be that old. Yeah, wow, that is a while ago. I actually kind of want to re-listen to that episode of ours now. Yeah, me too. And talk about all the parts that we cried, or rather the parts that we didn't because there was so much crying. Interesting. Maybe I'll listen to that <laughs> tomorrow. Okay, anyways, so there's my narcissism so, creeping back in. So does does the movie hold up? It, Do you still, with, with fresh eyes and, you know, that gut initial reaction... Um, now in the rearview mirror, do you still feel like it holds up? 100%. 100% it holds up, yeah. Uh, The one thing I finally got to notice for sure this time is I 100% saw Howard the Duck. And uh, he has a a tiny, itty-bitty little in-the-background cameo, and I totally saw it. And I was so happy with myself. Um, Yeah, this movie completely holds up. And spoiler alert, it's going to make my top 10 of 2019 yeah borderline mm-hmm. <laughs> i should take a look i'm like have i even seen 10 films in 2019 yet yeah i feel like my list is totally short this year i've been, been too busy rewatching old shit with you i definitely want to hold on i want to see uh i i got i gotta find out 
Uh, side note, uh, as we're recording here, I notice a, uh, a request for a movie from my roommate who is currently like two doors down from me, Jordan, uh, who's requested Cabin in the Woods. So that's, oh. that's yet another nomination for our horror episode there. As I as I attempt to stall further from Annie. <laughs> okay, I'm at fifteen. You, you've watched fifteen this year? Yeah, I I've been so bad about recording my movies. I I could not even tell you. I'd have to look it up. I'm at fifth. I'm at fifteen for for 2019. So this and so this is this is not one of the worst five movies you've seen this year. No, hold on. <laughs> Just quickly scrolling through. I've yet to give out anything less than three stars. But You're being very selective about your movies, eh? Yeah, but I can tell you right now, I would definitely be willing to drop one of these three stars down to a two. I'm intrigued. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, I'm one of my 2019 films does not count as a 2019 film. Because it's, mm. it's, Mar- it's Mary Poppins Returns. Oh. Which 100% was in 2018. <clears throat> Anyways. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been watching. It was it was a lot of fun to revisit it. I'm 100% going to dive back into the MCU at some point very soon and rewatch all 22 movies in the MCU. Man, how does Avengers Endgame only have 78 on Metacritic? I know some people just like refuse to give high ratings to superhero movies because they're like above it or whatever. But man, that movie is so goddamn good. It really is. It... I'm pretty sure that's lower rated than uh, Infinity War. Mm, interesting. Yeah. But wow, that was neither here nor there. All right. So that uh, that wraps up what Sam and I have been watching. Just a couple revisits to a couple films that you and I really enjoy. As we're about to dive into this week's movie, which is Elizabeth, um, there is a little change to the format of things that we've been doing. We decided to run an experiment. Sam, do you want to give them an idea of what we're doing? Yeah, so uh, long-time listeners will be familiar with uh, our, our idea of going back and revisiting previous Oscar episodes. In fact, the one that we recorded last week uh, was uh, an Oscar episode. We talked about the 72nd uh, in episode 71. Uh, however, uh, with uh, 1998 being such a magical year for the uh, Best Picture nominees, we decided to do uh, one every week. So today we're going to be talking about Elizabeth. Uh, we normally do them in alphabetical order, but we're, we've sort of switched it up for reasons that we may get to. Um, but next week we're doing Shakespeare in Love. Then after that, we're doing Life is Beautiful. Um, and then Saving Private Ryan and Thin Red Line in that order. So, um, what we hope to accomplish with this format is A, talk about all these movies in depth because they're all so good, goddamn good. And I don't know about you, but I could not compress my thoughts about some of those movies into just like 20 minutes. Uh huh. Um, and also we're kind of trying to map out some formats maybe from the future. Maybe we do uh, a little bit more serialized episodes. Maybe we talk about uh, some movie series in the future. Maybe we uh, continue doing this for every Oscar year. I don't know. It, it kind of depends. We, it depends how we feel about it. It depends how the fans feel about it. So we would we would love some feedback in that regard. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this format. The thing with this format <laughs> is some of our episodes may be very short, which I know for some people will be a bonus. Uh, for Sam mm-hmm. and I, it won't be because we'll be sad that we don't get to talk as long as we normally do. Um, but I'm excited to try out this new format. So yeah, Sam and I are going to try it out with this Oscars, um, and then we'll uh, we'll see 
Um, we'll hear from what the fans say, see if they liked it, see if they prefer all the Oscar episodes to just be in, all the Oscar films to be in one episode. And then, yeah, Sam and I were playing around with the idea of maybe doing uh, some franchises, doing one episode per week on uh, a franchise. So we're just playing around. Um, it, it will allow us to be a little bit more focused because as Sam and I have really kind of noticed, as we're moving backwards with the Oscar nominations, the films kind of tend to be getting a lot better. And uh, in all honesty, we could have probably done this definitely with last Oscars, uh, one episode, uh, one uh, one episode per film would have completely been doable on the seventy second Oscars, and probably even the, it was the seventy third. Was that with Gladiator as well? Because that was another good year. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head. Pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was. But uh, Sam and I are kind of feeling at times we were getting a little too rushed on some of the films, and we'd like to dive just a little bit deeper on these films that the Academy and a lot of people have considered to be some of the best of their year. So we want to spend a little bit more time on them. And so, yeah, we'd love to hear what you guys think, whether you like it, whether you don't like it. We just want to hear from you guys. And if we don't hear from you, then isn't silence a, a, a positive thing? Silence is a yes or probably not in the Me Too movement, I guess, eh? <laughs> was that oh, too soon? Oh man! Was that too soon? Hashtag too yeah, soon. Yeah, that's a little, it's a little too soon. <laughs> Actually, as I as I was scrolling down the list uh, on the seventy first Academy Awards, it's sort of ironic. I, I scrolled onto a picture of Harvey Weinstein just as you said that on oh. the seventy first Academy Award Wikipedia page. Oh, it's simpatico. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into our first film of the seventy first Academy Awards. This is Elizabeth. It was released on February 19th, 1999. So that would be the wide release because obviously it would have had to have come out in 1998 to be eligible. Uh, it was directed by Shikhar Kapoor, written by Michael Hurst, starring Kate Blanchett, Joseph Fiennes, Jeffrey Rush, Richard Attenborough, and Christopher Eccleston. Has a 75 Metascore, had seven Oscar nominations, and won one for Best Makeup. The other nominations it received were Best Picture, Best Actress for Kate Blanchett, Best Cinematography, uh, and I actually want to have a little note on the best cinematography nominations here. The cinematographer's name was Remy Adafarison. Uh He actually became the first black person nominated for best cinematography. And honestly, totally well deserved. But well, yeah, we'll get into the cinematography. I'm, her, sure. I'm so happy. I knew that you would notice that. Fucking a, I'm mm -hmm. so happy. Uh, it was nominated for best art direction, set decoration, uh, best costume design, and best original score. It had a budget of thirty million dollars, and it grossed thirty in the U.S., eighty-two worldwide. The plot: the early years of the reign of Elizabeth I of England and her difficult task of learning what is necessary to be a monarch. As always, Sam, when we get into our Oscars episodes, I'm always excited because I'm as we're moving further and further back, we're starting to find more and more holes in your cinematic library. Have you seen and or even heard of Elizabeth prior to this? Um, I had heard of the person, Queen Elizabeth I. Um, <laughs> I think I was aware that this movie existed. Um, but that was about my knowledge of it. Um, this is obviously, like we said, a huge year for the uh, nominations. Um, 1998, I knew as the year that uh, Saving Private Ryan lost the best picture. So other than uh, that and what it lost to, I, I really didn't know um, a ton of the nominations with the exception of Life is Beautiful. 
Um, so yeah, Elizabeth, I was going in essentially blind, um, which is no problem for me. Um, and honestly, I was kind of skeptical going in because, uh, these sort of period pieces aren't necessarily always my cup of tea. Um, I, I think the, uh, the Royal family doesn't interest me or, or the concept of royalty doesn't really interest me quite as much as, uh, as maybe some other people. Um, with the exception of, you know, the fantasy genre, like uh, Game of Thrones. And I was going to say, Rings. like, that's what Game of Thrones is all about. Yeah, I know. I, I like that kind of stuff, but I, I'm talking specifically about the British royal family. Yeah. Um, that, that sort of uh, setting has never particularly interested me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I was going in maybe a little bit, uh, you know, hedging my bets, not expecting to like it. Um, but that all being said, I mean, I, I knew that this was going to be a great movie because you talk very highly of it. Um I still, to be completely honest, could not find it within myself to be as invested in this movie as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found a lot a lot of the uh, middle section of this movie to be a little bit dry. It does have sort of some Game of Thrones style um, plotting and uh, and power struggle in it, which is which is refreshing. Um, but overall, I don't think um, it, it quite reached the the levels that I would have liked it to. Technically, this is a brilliant, brilliant movie. So many of the technical aspects of this movie deserve uh, tons of praise. Obviously, it got uh, what was it six or seven Academy Award nominations? Seven. Seven. Yeah, and it won for uh, for makeup. Um, like we talked about, the cinematography is, in my opinion, the star of the show. I uh, every. Every frame of this movie looks like a Renaissance painting. It, it just it's uh, it's really brilliant. I loved the use of uh, of nat- natural light in uh, in very dark spaces. It gave the the uh, the feeling of the movie. It gave the world such a such a texture, such a flavor that felt so real. Um, so I, I really did. Uh, I found a lot of ways to enjoy this movie. But to be honest with you, it's it's just not my domain. It's not really the subject matter that I, I typically find myself interested in. So maybe. Maybe I kind of set myself up for failure, but eh, it was it was enjoyable, but could have been better. Awesome. Okay, as I was rewatching this movie uh, to prep for this, uh, as it continued going on, I started to get the feeling in my heart that I didn't think you were going to like this movie as much as I did. Yeah. Uh, so everything you said is pretty much what I expected after watching the movie. Uh, that being said, I'm not spoiling anything here. We're going to get into spoilers after I get onto my little diatribe. Uh, I absolutely love this film. I absolutely love this film. And the main reasons are the performances of Christopher Eccleston, uh, Richard Attenborough, Jeffrey Rush, and of course, Kate Blanchett, who gives a jaw-dropping, mesmerizing performance in this movie. The cinematography is so astounding and i don't even know why as i was watching it i was i kept watching i'm like oh my god i really hope that sam notices these things and i don't know why i doubted it because i know that you have an (laughs) eye for it and it just made my heart melt when you when you start talking about it so i can't wait to dive into that in a little bit more detail when we get into spoilers um i absolutely adore this film and it is basically mostly on the performances and the dialogue uh, of this movie. So that being said, let's kind of, let's move forward. We're gonna spoil this movie. If you haven't seen it, 
I highly recommend it. Sam's somewhat recommending it. So let's go and spoil this movie in three, two, one. Uh, go fuck yourself. Um, I, I want to start. Uh, I, I want to start with the cinematography, and you, I agree wholeheartedly. The either the use of natural light or the lack or the look that they gave it, so it doesn't appear to be well lit, is one of the things I love. But what I love the most is how they used unorthodox camera angles and camera movements. Like, so many incredible bird-eye shots. Like, so many. And then so many shots of the camera looking through windows, um, people blocking the main thing you're supposed to be looking at. It's almost like you were... It honestly felt like you were being a witness to everything and you were an actual person that was standing somewhere watching these events unfold. Yeah, sort of a, a fly on the wall sort of feel. Yeah, exactly. And I loved it. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, the the location where they filmed it apparently is uh, Durham Cathedral and uh, it's absolutely beautiful, the oh. places that they that they film it. Um, I... It got nominated for best art direction. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that nomination, but can you really count it if you literally just film a cathedral? Like you didn't do anything. You just. <laughs> they you did just have chose to... a really. You chose a really good location. They did have to set decorate though. True. They but... <laughs> did. They didn't build the walls, but they had to make everything else in there to make it seem like it was the 15th century. That's fair. Okay, you've convinced me it deserves the nomination. Excellent. Uh, uh, <laughs> so. I, I completely agree with everything that you just said. Uh, the aerial shots that they have within uh, the cathedral, just um, sort of the wide shots they have of everything that are sort of at an obscure angle are, are really, really beautiful. I started noticing the obscure angles right from the beginning of the movie um, at the scene where the Protestants are burning. Um, oh. And they, they have all these really weird, they're not even Dutch angles. They're just like completely upside down and then like off kilter. They're, they're really, really strange angles. And it's it's intentional. It's designed to create a sense of unease, uh, which it really did because I was confused as fuck. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a lot of things like that in this movie um, in the uh, in the editing and the cinematography um, in in a, in the lighting that's designed to create a sense of of unease that's really effective, but in particular the cinematography and the lighting. I was actually kind of surprised that this film didn't get an, an editing nomination because I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed the editing, especially if you remember the original dance scene, the first dance scene between mm. Elizabeth and. Uh, whatever Josephine's character's name is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Lord Robert? Thank you. Yes, Lord Robert. There were times where like, she would clap and it would mm -hmm. cut and cut and cut. I really enjoyed the editing, but as I look at the best film editing nominations, I can see why it didn't make it because those five films mm -hmm. are fucking expertly edited with the exception of Shakespeare it's in Love. <laughs> it's funny. It, I did notice the editing in that dance scene, actually. I kind of had the opposite reaction. I, I oh, liked really? the... I liked the drawing editing in some parts. In the dance scene, it seemed a little excessive to me. Mm. Yes, they were editing on claps and things like that, but I felt like they they were cutting sort of uh, aimlessly between the two characters at, at times, and it wasn't with the rhythm of the score. It was like kind of it kind of took me out of the movie in that particular scene. Um, one scene where I did really like the editing though was um, the scene where she's rehearsing her speech to yes. the priests or uh, her speech to the bishops, rather. Yeah, the I act really of uniformity. 
it, it's the same style of editing there, but it's way more effective because, it, in my opinion, it has a purpose there. It's, again, designed to show the unease and, and the stress that she's feeling in that scene. So, yeah, I, I liked it there. Didn't necessarily like it so much in the dance scene. Fair enough. I, I, I understand it, but I, lo- I loved it. I, I'm a okay. big fan of the editing of this film. And, yeah, sure. the, the editing they do while she's practicing her speech before she goes in to try and pass the act of uniformity uh, is awesome. And I love – it's almost like <clears> – <throat> to me, I, I as I was watching it this time, I started watching. I'm like, do you th- – it almost seems like the director just put the camera in front of Kate and said, here, practice your lines for the speech that you'll be doing in this next scene. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. I could, I could totally see that being true. Yeah, like it's – it didn't seem like it was out of character. It wasn't like it wasn't Elizabeth, but it just seemed like the camera was just stationary. She's looking almost directly at it, and it it could have been just her practicing her lines. I I I just kind of thought of that this time as I was watching it. Um, that act of uniformity scene where she's talking with the bishops and the I, I assume cardinals or priests or whatever they are. I, I think bishops is the is the term. Yeah, it's that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Yeah, hundred percent. That that was one of the standouts easily. Oh, she's so great in it, and the back and forth the way she's playful the way she shows her power it's a great it's just such a great scene and there's so much going on similar to what you said on the behind the scenes plots the ascension to the throne the people trying to the the political maneuvering um you know walsingham has the cardinals trapped in the basement to uh to allow uh, her to pass the act of uniformity and oh fucking uh, okay I want to get in there this is a testament for me on how good this writing and directing and even the acting is where Jeffrey Rush can come across as a complete fucking badass <laughs> I love Walsingham I love his portrayal of Walsingham I love the way he kind of slinks in the background and it's just kind of always a presence and always there. And he's so he's so threatening, and yet he's not a threatening person. Like, you look at Jeffrey Rush and, like, I would bitch slap you. But you, you Walsingham know, you know, is fucking bad. You know who I'm thinking of just as you're describing him? Uh, he totally reminds me, if we're running with the Game of Thrones parallel, he reminds me of uh, Littlefinger. Uh, yeah, Peter I could Baelish. See, I could see yeah. that. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, how he's just sort of he's never he's never really seen as a threat, but he's always kind of present and seems to have something up his sleeve at all times. Yeah, except he's not he's not as uh, he's not conniving. Yeah. He's not The thing with Littlefinger is that he was if you if you threatened him, he became kind of a, like a little bitch. <laughs> Where Walsingham is not a little yeah, bitch. Yeah, like Littlefinger's Littlefinger's power came from the fact that nobody thought that he had it. Nobody yes. thought he was powerful, so it made him that much more powerful. Yeah, and like there's so let's see if I can uh like um some of my favorite Walsingham moments is I love like when she consults him when she's about to go up to war uh with Scotland and France. And she asks for his counsel, even though he's not on the war council. And he's like, Madam, if I may, 
A prince should never flinch from being blamed for acts of ruthlessness which are necessary for safeguarding the state and their own person. You must take these things so much to heart that you do not fear to strike, even the very nearest that you have if they be, be implicated. Sorry, that's the wrong quote. That's mm-hmm. when, they, when he's talking about people maybe plotting against him. Right. Um, and then the way he talks to the uh, the bishops in the underground and he lets them out after the vote and they're fucking livid. And he, I just love the way he delivers. Uh, I think he asks, uh, I'm sure this infernal work has not saved your bastard queen. And he just replies, her majesty has won the argument. By what count? <laughs> By five, your grace. Five. And then they cut and you see that there's six bishops in the underground. Just yeah. delicious. Like he's so perfect at his job. It's funny because a lot of these lines that you're saying, I, I agree, are, are excellent. But I came away from those scenes more impressed with the writing than I was by Jeffrey Rush. Now that you mention it, like, of, of course, his, his performance was quite, quite good. But it wasn't the sort of performance that like there's no yelling. There's no scene of him yelling and screaming and breaking down. There's no like uh, for your consideration no. scene. You know None. what I mean? It's. It's very he's very much just a guy like you said who's good at his job and uh, he's he's very good at uh, you know Jeffrey Rush does a great job of delivering these lines with conviction and not playing it too over the top. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love. I agree, like this is the kind of performance that will never get noticed by the Academy because it's so understated. There is no for your consideration moment. And the last like the last line of his that I want to read is I love is well, we already said spoilers, is after he's caught Norfolk uh, in treason, Norfolk says, so cut off my head and make me a martyr. The people will always remember it. And he's just, as he's, as he's backing away into the shadows, he's like, no, they will forget. <laughs> and it's just like, it would be such an easy line to just like, that's where you go over the top. No, they will forget you, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no. They will throw in a mwahaha for for good measure. Yeah, and it's not. It's so it's so played low key. I'm a big. I'm such a big fan of Walsingham in this movie. Um, Yeah, he's certainly one of the better minor characters. The other two people that really stand out for me. uh, I'm obviously gonna end with Blanchette, but I love Christopher Eccleston as Norfolk, and he's such a great antagonist he one of the things uh, in the uh in the notes uh, i found on him is that uh he does he actually doesn't do much in the movie like all of his everything he does to be the antagonist is plotting and talking so and i didn't notice i wish i had seen this note prior to watching the movie again but because there's no sense of action the uh the director has him walking a lot in the movie he's always walking to show that he's actually doing something and it makes me laugh because now i think about i'm like all the things about him i like are when he's walking through the court and walking through the court (laughs) he's always walking somewhere and he walks with such a purpose uh i i really enjoy uh eccleston uh, I guess you can. I guess you can call him the villain because he. I guess he technically is the he's, villain. He's the antagonist. Yeah, antagonist is the word I prefer. Yeah. I uh, to be honest with you, I didn't. Uh, I didn't 
again, a lot of the performances of this movie are just so reserved that I didn't come away from this movie thinking that any of them were excellent with the exception of maybe Kate Blanchett. Um, not, not because they weren't, but just because there was, they were very reserved. It, it kind of reminded me honestly of, uh, um, the movie spotlight, not like obviously completely different subject matter and different type of movie, but like in the sense that the performances are all so good and adequate, but it, it's, it's not really an actor's movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's more so about the writing and about, about the plot with the, when, with your spotlight reference, with the mm-hmm. exception of Mark Ruffalo. Yes, Mark Ruffalo has one blow up, which is an excellent scene that they knew. They oh. knew. <laughs> God, what a fucking good movie. Oh, that is a good movie. God damn it. Well, we'll be able to talk about that eventually. Yeah, eventually. Um Oh, god damn. Now I want to watch Spotlight. Fuck. <laughs> um the You uh, you just said something right now that has me concerned oh but it might have just been your choice of words because you said you use the word maybe when it comes to blanchett's performance (laughs) i okay let me let me alleviate your fears kate blanchett is amazing in this movie okay because i was like i'm like how could we be so far apart we're not we're not that far apart okay okay good that uh, that alleviates my fears because when you uh, I, i wish i could play back what you said because i was like yeah, I said I said I wasn't wowed by anyone's performance in this movie except for maybe Kate Blanchett. Yeah, that's uh, right. You can you can scratch that maybe from the record. Okay, good. Uh, I absolutely fucking love her in this movie. This is <clears throat> this is the movie that I where I f- <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> oh my goodness gracious. Uh oh. Where I found where I just where I want to use the word discovered, but I obviously didn't discover. This is my first. Uh, fucking Christ! I am struggling today. Yeah, well. this is my first experience with Kate Blanchett. I see. If I had seen her in something else prior to Elizabeth, um, I'm unaware of it, and so I'm gonna quickly take a look at her IMDb. Page. <laughs> and you and I are still on the same page. Yeah, Literally I haven't on the same Wikipedia page right now. No, I I am on IMDb. Uh, I uh, definitely haven't seen Paradise Road, The Wedding Party. I've heard of Oscar and Lucinda, so yeah, Elizabeth is my uh, my introduction to uh, Kate Blanchett, and then from there, I can look at all these other movies that she's done since then. Talented Mr. Ripley, small role, she's great. The Gift, she's great. Lord of the Rings, whatever. Um, Charlotte Gray and the Shipping News, she's great. Uh, Veronica Guerin, she's great. Pretty sure she got nominated for that. Um, she is in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I'm not a fan of the movie. Her role, and there's the one I, one of the many roles that she's done that I love, where she plays Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator, is one of the greatest performances on film. Um, I'm just such a huge, massive fan of uh, of Kate Blanchett yeah and then of course who could forget uh the amazing 2006 movie Babel that she's also in <laughs> that we talked about and we're not fans of on this show yeah that that's one that we just didn't get hey yeah i and that's that's aleandro inurito too a guy who i i love most of his movies yeah same here um i don't know uh i don't know this person but i think you might uh hold on where is it where is it where is it where is it um a pop singer by the name of Lily Allen? 
Mm, no. No. Not okay. ringing a bell. All right. I thought because uh, I, I was like, oh, I don't recognize the name of this pop singer, but she's in the movie, but she's a kid. Oh, weird. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Um, <clears throat> so Blanchette as Elizabeth. I love the way she talks. I love the way she holds herself. I love that you see her grow. She's a little timid and afraid, obviously, because her life is on the line. But then as she continues with this reign, she becomes a strong, amazing woman. And I love I love Kate Blanchett's performance. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt your nope. train of thought on Kate Blanchett, but there's there's one other child actor in this movie who would grow into someone that we both know. I, I don't know if you know who it is. They were a child in this movie. There, I think I think they were a child. I Jordan actually pointed it out to me as we were watching together. I didn't catch him, but he's he's since grown into a not not a massive star, but definitely someone that we both know. Okay, who is it? Uh, it's uh, Alfie Allen, who plays Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. He, is he the boy that looks that reveals where uh, James Bond is hiding? Yes, yes, I believe so. I did not realize that. Okay, the little girl—that's Lily. They're brother oh. and sister in real life. <laughs> oh, are they brother and sister? That makes sense. Alfie Allen and Lily Allen—are they brother and sister? Yeah, they're the—they're the producer, Allison Owen's two children. Wow. That—that's how they got in the movie. Well, I'll be. That makes a ton of sense. That's so funny. <laughs> is she like, did she recognize him right away, or did she see the name? Yeah, no. The she said, "Hey, that's Theon," and I said, "I had no idea." Oh my god! I see. Like <laughs> looking at his Wikipedia page, I now see it because he doesn't have his his facial hair. Yeah. Oh my god, that's fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, no spoilers for uh, for season eight of Game of Thrones, which yeah. was terrible. <laughs> um, would you think of a young Bond? Um, I, I gotta tell you, Manny, there has never been uh, a stronger case for getting yourself a good barber than this movie. <laughs> uh, it's amazing that years after the fact, Daniel Craig is still a fox today in 2019, whereas in this movie, he looks absolutely horrendous, and it is 100% the fault of that terrible haircut he is sporting. Um if if we're talking about uh, his performance, I mean he he's bottom of the barrel compared to the rest of the cast. He's, he doesn't have much to do. Yeah, he he's serving a purpose, which is which is totally fine. Uh, but yeah, seeing seeing Daniel Craig's name in the credits at the beginning of the movie, I was kind of like, huh, how about that? And then I saw his fucking haircut, and that was all I, all I could focus on for the entire movie. <laughs> um, speaking of the weird angles, I love the scene where he's hanging upside down, but yeah. it's reversed. It it just looks like I. It's so funny how something like and when they finally tilt the camera right side up, it doesn't look anywhere near as cool as it did when the camera's upside down. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a minor thing. But when he's like hanging there, but the camera's upside down. So he, it, it, I was just like, I love that shot so much. Yeah. And it draws you in, right? Like I, I was certainly confused and I'm wondering what the fuck they were doing to him. And then as soon as, of course, it's right side up, it makes perfect sense. But yeah, it's uh, intentionally disorienting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, the just to quickly circle back to Blanchette, there are some fantastic lines that she gives uh, that I'd love to touch on, um, especially like we were talking about um when she's at in the uh, the act of uniformity, 
they're talking about that she needs to marry, and she's like, I, but marry who, your grace? Would you give me some suggestion? For some say France and others Spain, and some cannot abide foreigners at all. So I'm not sure how best to please you unless I married one of each. <laughs> and she's just playing it, and they're all laughing. And then the one guy gives her shit about making fun of marriage, and she's like, now your majesty does must feel the sanctity of marriage. And she's and she calls him out hard, like <laughs> mic drop in the 15th century. Yeah, I, I do think not think I, you should lecture me on that, my lord, since you yourself have been twice divorced and upon your third wife. I I audibly let out an oh damn when she <laughs> said that. She fucking roasts him. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Um, my I think my favorite line in the movie though is uh, shortly after she finds out about Lord Robert being married and they have the dance and he's trying to lift her up and she's having none of it. And he says, "Um, again, I'm going to quote everything. For God's sakes, you are still my Elizabeth. I am not your Elizabeth. I am no man's Elizabeth. And if you think to rule, you are mistaken. And then she says my favorite line in the movie, I will have one mistress here and no master. (laughs) The way she delivers that line is so fucking great. I don't even want to say anything right now because I want you to continue imitating Kate Blanchett in this movie. <laughs> Can't do it. It's so bad. My, I am uh, horrible at at uh, impersonations. You're doing great. Keep going. Oh no, that's all I got. Um, <laughs> I I will say there there's two more Kate Blanchett quotes. I'm not going to bother doing an English accent because uh, again I am I am awful. Kate. Uh, my one of one of my favorites was again in the um, I can't think of the name of the scene you just said the active uniformity scene um, where she says uh, it's I, I don't have the exact quote but she says something like it's common sense and common sense is a most English virtue yes. and the, the entire crowd laughs and it's just it's great uh, great stage presence by her and then uh, the my my favorite quote from her in the movie probably is uh, when she's talking to her sister at the beginning of the movie and uh, Mary asks her. Uh, you need to promise me when you're queen that you'll oh. uphold the Catholic the Catholic faith. And she responds, when I am queen, I will do as my conscience, conscience dictates. And that's a fantastic line. Oh, it's a great line. Yeah, there's, yeah. like you said, the, the writing in this movie is so fantastic. Um, it didn't get nominated for uh, for Screenplay Award. Um, what was up? So this would have been an original screenplay, so let's take a look here. Um, oh my god, it's the category is best screenplay based on material previously produced or published, and I'm really glad they changed the name um, of that, but Gods and Monsters won, um, also nominated was... No, what, s- no, isn't this, wouldn't this one, this would have been directly from the screen, because it's not based on anything. Oh, excuse me, yeah, so Shakespeare in Love, of course. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. Let's see that, oh, that's a, well, that's actually a, mm, that's a fucking great, fuck, I would toss Shakespeare in Love, because Bullworth... Have you, you probably haven't even heard of Bullworth? No, no. I idea. think that's a movie you'd really like. Obviously, Life is Beautiful. Obviously, Saving Private Ryan, and obviously, Truman Show deserved to be in there. Yeah, I, you know I would what? not evict. I would not evict any of those movies. You know what? I shouldn't shit on Shakespeare in Love because I haven't watched it in a while, and I haven't rewatched it for our future episode yet. Oh, that's <laughs> next week. The worst. The worst thing that Shakespeare in Love ever did was win over uh saving private ryan but we'll talk about that yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm actually kind of really looking forward to re-watching this shakespeare in love to see how i feel now what 21 years removed from my bitterness yeah. towards it 
So yeah, but that's uh, that's next week's episode. So we'll yeah, I'm, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, that kind of gets everything kind of caught up for me. Uh, we didn't really touch much on uh, Joseph Fines. He's adequate. Big year for him, eh? He, a little bit, right? Yeah. To- but yeah, I, I again, he. He kind of just served a purpose as well. He was a, uh, you know, uh, a plot point. He was, he was the object of uh, Elizabeth's desire, and not really a whole lot else, which is fine. Like he, he wasn't uh, objectively bad by any stretch of the imagination. He just, he was just serving a purpose. Did you, um, did you watch the newsroom with Jeff Daniels? You know what? I haven't, and I've really wanted to. Actually, seems okay. up my alley. I was just curious because. Uh, Basically, the the lead female character is um, Emily Mortimer, mm. and she's she plays uh, I think I can't remember what her character's name, but she's basically the lady in waiting for Elizabeth, like her, her main helper. Yeah, um, Kat Ashley is the name of the character. Yeah, uh, it, governess to Queen Elizabeth I and her close friend, according to Wikipedia. But, yeah. And did you uh, did you notice? Did you see uh, Carla Jean Moss from uh, No Country for Old Men? She was in there too. I didn't actually. Oh, oh, that, you know what? I was trying to figure out who the hell she was. But yeah, okay. Uh, Kelly McDonald is the name of the, the actress? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where the fuck I knew her from. But yeah, she's, uh, she's Carla Jean Moss. God, that's an excellent movie. We, we talked about that one forever ago as well. No that Country was, for Old that's Men. another year we definitely could have done one episode per yeah that was no country for old men and there will be blood but the two big ones yeah i think michael clayton as well right yeah fuck that's a good year <laughs> <laughs> let's focus let's focus <laughs> um so i can't i kind of think that's most of what i want to talk about with the movie i don't have uh i don't have a lot of really great trivia on it i was hoping to dig up some stuff um, I do have a little bit of trivia. I have a there's a tiny bit of casting, and then I did take a look because uh, I was interested on how close this movie was to real life, so I can touch on that as well. Sure. Um, the only uh, I'm one quick question. You've seen the Godfather films, right? Uh, I've seen. I've actually only seen the first Godfather. I haven't seen Godfather two. Okay. Oh, that'll be down the line. We're a long ways away from that one. Um, oh, yeah. So, I don't know if you noticed the correlation between when... I know I know exactly what you're going to say, actually. Um, hold on, I have a note on this somewhere. Um, da, 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 da. God, where is this note? Oh, okay, the bishop assassination one by one, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I, I wrote down, rip, up, rip off of the godfather question mark. Uh, yeah, so uh, it totally reminded me of this. Although the uh, the scene in The Godfather is generally regarded as one of the best scenes ever created, um, and is shown to film classes for how to edit. Um, yes, and yeah, it's it's a really good scene. But yeah, when when we were watching the bishops get assassinated at the end, I totally thought, yeah, hundred uh, percent. What's uh, what's it called? Uh, it's referred to as the baptism scene, I guess, in The Godfather, right? Yeah. 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 So the director says he it, it's taken directly from The Godfather. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other note I had was uh, 
the producer Alison Owens, two children appearing, one being Alfie and one being Lily Allen. Um, right. Casting, there wasn't actually a lot of uh, casting uh, what-ifs here. The only one, two, um, Emily Watson was the original choice for Queen Elizabeth, and Nicole Kidman was considered for the role. And Marlon Brando was considered for the role of the Pope. And that's it. Interesting. Um, as for historical accuracy, the uh, the two glaring omissions is um, Elizabeth's actual relationship with Lord Robert. Um, she did have uh, a very rom- she did have a romantic uh, history with Lord Robert. But in reality, he was actually married twice, and she did she did know about the first one, and his first wife uh, died in an accident, and that's with quotes. Uh, no wrongdoing was proven, but a lot of people feel that she uh, she did fall down some stairs and died. A lot of people feel that Lord Robert did it so he could marry Elizabeth. Uh, she was uh, convinced not to because of the scandal it would create. And then he did marry an, again in secret, and then Elizabeth did find out, and then banished his wife from court, but still maintained a friendship with Lord Robert. That's cold. Yeah. That's cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been a little bit less endearing to audiences if that was all portrayed. Yeah. And the other one is the plot to kill her didn't quite happen the way it's uh, portrayed on film and they actually combined two plots somewhat to uh, for the film and then the other thing that they talk about is there's a large discrepancy because the film kind of seems the film kind of condenses the timeline to maybe like her first my guess would be about the first five years of her reign when a lot of the events that actually occurred, such as... Well, and one other thing as well is Mary of Guise was not assassinated by Walsingham. Um, but, like, her death d- didn't occur in the time frame of the film. It occurred later on and all this kind of stuff. So they, they did make some changes for, you know, I guess cinematic... Uh, I don't even write flair. Yeah, sure. To make it more movie like, and I yeah. have no problem with that. It doesn't. These movie, they're movies. It's not a documentary. Yeah, like the one. I know you. You didn't. You didn't sound like that in forty two when uh, Jackie Robinson uh, had a freak out. I was. That's because I was a betrayal of character. <laughs> a betrayal of character. Fuck, I'm, so, I'm sorry to bring that up. I'm getting fucking angry. <laughs> getting fucking angry. right uh not a not a great time to bring up uh baseball no i understand no um so yeah that's kind of really all i kind of wanted to talk about elizabeth kind of looking at the runtime definitely glad we did an episode on this one looking Mm -hmm. at how long we've been going um as we're because if this would be one of five films we'd be here very long yeah fuck this is this is going to be one of the shorter ones from uh from this year as well yeah, definitely. Um, Wait, I tell you, we're we're both gonna have a lot to say about Shakespeare and love, probably for better or for worse, and then Saving Private Ryan. And uh, I I've never seen uh, Thin Red Line, so I I don't know, but I imagine we'll probably have lots to say about that too. Yeah, and Life Is Beautiful. 
I don't know how much I'm going to be able to talk without crying. Yeah, um, there's gonna it's going to be a big sob fest that day. It really is. Um, but before we move on, um, your the your favorite scene. Uh, favorite scene is going to be the act of uniformity. It was uh, it, it was just I, I loved the setup to it with Kate Blanchett speaking directly into camera with the really jarring editing we were talking about. Um, and then she just delivers this great performance in the scene itself. Has that mic drop moment where she where she was talking shit to one of the bishops. Um, and she's just so wonderfully British throughout the entire thing, and as was so uh, amazingly imitated by Manny earlier. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it's uh, it's capped off by uh, the the revelation that a bunch of the bishops were being held captive. So, yeah, that whole scene uh, constructed from front to back is uh, pretty effective. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent The act of uniformity scene is the highlight of the movie. Uh, an absolute great performance by Kate uh, Blanchett in it. Uh, she combines. Uh, a little bit of fear and trepidation mixes in some humor and then gets down to business and is quite serious and stands her ground. It, it's, it's a, it's a great scene and, and the highlight of the film for me, Sam, your, uh, your final thoughts. Oh no, hold on your rating. I of course have my preseason predictions all set up and I think I nailed it. <laughs> Sam, yeah, what do you got? I got a three. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. We're sitting at a three for Elizabeth. Um, I, and that's, that's not even saying anything bad about the movie itself. I, I did not find anything in this movie that I, that I objectively thought was bad, or at least if I did, it was very minute stuff. Um, the, the main problem I had with this movie is that it didn't, you know, it, it just wasn't my, I don't know. It, it just wasn't really the subject matter I uh, usually concern myself with. It was excellent performances all around, really technically brilliant movie. It's just not it didn't particularly grab me at any given moment. There's a couple of excellent scenes in it, including the actor uniformity scene. Uh, another one we didn't really talk about was the conversation between Mary and Elizabeth at the beginning. We touched on it briefly. Um, oh, right. yeah, but, we barely touched on that. Yep. But, uh, that conversation is, uh, is really, really, really good. Um, so there, there's definitely some great moments in this movie, good performances. It's just, it just for some reason didn't do it for me. And I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I enjoyed it any more than I did. So here we are being honest. I prefer, I love that we're being honest. And so I'm honestly going to give this movie a four. Uh, it's, <laughs> All right. It's very, it would be very close to a five for me. But there, upon rewatch, I realize I can't quite give it a five. But this is a movie I can put on at any time. And I am thoroughly entertained from start to finish. Just like you said, the performances are are very good with Kate Blanchett being the absolute standout, the fucking Mount Everest uh, of performances here. Uh, her, again, her losing to Gwyneth Paltrow for Shakespeare in Love has always rubbed me the wrong way, but I get to revisit Paltrow's performance for next week, so maybe I'll be singing a different tune. Um, I love this movie. I thoroughly enjoy it, but I can completely understand everything that sam said on why he didn't enjoy it as much as i did and yeah, yeah. final I, I, thoughts i'm, su I'm sure oh. nothing negative at all will be said about paltrow next week i don't i i i hold this bitterness towards her and i hold this bitterness towards that film but i'm gonna i'm go i'm going in open-minded for next week because i want to see i want to see what it is that's all well and good. Can we just agree she's just a, a dreadful person? Oh, oh yeah. Out, outside, <laughs> she is a dreadful person. But I won't lie. Like on screen, most of the movies I've seen her in, I 
generally like her. I like her as an actress. Yeah. Like, like as an example, that scene in Seven where she tells Morgan Freeman, spoiler alerts for Seven, in Seven, Six, Five, Four, Three, Two, One, go fuck yourself, where she tells Morgan Freeman that she's pregnant, that scene, I love that Fincher holds on her face as Morgan Freeman's talking about the 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 child that he made his partner give up that devastation on her face when he says that line and i've regretted it every single day since then she fucking completely breaks down that is a fantastic one scene performance by gwyneth paltrow i'm beginning to think maybe we should have saved this conversation for next week (laughs) possibly (laughs) possibly we'll see i i do like again we're Totally off topic. We're off Elizabeth, but I'll finish up here. I do remember when I saw Shakespeare in Love that I did enjoy her performance. But in my mind, as of right now, Kate Blanchett, miles ahead. Yes. Okay. That being said, Manny gives it a four. Could have been higher. Final thoughts on Elizabeth. We kind of already gave them, but go ahead. <laughs> Elizabeth is a, uh, a technically brilliant movie. It's certainly deserving of its nominations, uh, plural. Yeah. Um, it also uh, is completely deserving of a Best Picture nomination among them. Um, it's helmed by excellent performances all around. The aspect of the movie I enjoyed the most personally uh, would be the cinematography. It's absolutely beautiful. Every every single scene is framed so perfectly well and lit so beautifully. Um, it, the whole movie looks amazing. It's costumed very well. I believe it won for hair and makeup. Um, just all the technical aspects of this movie are brilliant. Um, the, the, uh, plotting aspects of it and the, well, yeah, the plot itself just, uh, didn't really, uh, reach out to me and grab me at any particular point. That's not really a fault of the writing more so just a personal preference thing. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie front to back and I would certainly watch it again if somebody I knew wanted to, but it's, uh, it's not going uh, high on the list for me. I... Love this movie. I rarely recommend it, though, because I know that the pacing of it can be a problem for people. This is definitely a movie that you have to pay attention to. It's not a background movie. The political scheming... Scheming? The political scheming... Jesus Christ. I need to fucking just hit stop on this fucking We'll wrap record. this thing up. <laughs> Holy fuckballs. Let's get this over with. Yeah. The political scheming within the movie, the historical references, everything about it. I'm a fan of this movie, especially Kate Blanc. I, I'm just gonna just drop to my knees and suck her dick on this movie so much. Uh, I, I love, I, I love this movie a lot, um, and that's why uh, I'm, I'm so happy that we got to discuss it in depth instead of the usual 15 to 20 minute blurbs we give it when we go to these things. Naturally. I think I think we'll likely feel that about everything here. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that being said, that wraps up our uh, our episode on Elizabeth. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us that five star rating and a positive review. It will increase our profile so more people can find our lovely little podcast and listen to us blather on like idiots like today. Also, follow us on uh, Facebook at the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast and give us a little shout out on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore Movie. And that's about it. Oh, right. Email. If you want to talk to so email, I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. It's Sam Andy Movie Podcast at gmail.com. Sam, so what's going was, on uh, next? Sam, what's going on next week? 
Uh, next week, we did allude to it a couple of times. It's going to be episode 73. We're talking about Shakespeare in Love. Um, actually, usually we do these things in alphabetical order. We switched up the order a little bit because we're trying to accommodate a potential guest spot later down the road. So uh, fingers crossed for that. But yes, Shakespeare in Love, the winner of Best Picture for this year, is going to be next week. So uh, curious to see how that one goes. Yeah. All right. So for the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. I am no man's Elizabeth. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios.